0: Hey, this is Mike from Theology and Mission podcast, and this episode was recorded the day after the presidential inauguration, so our references are a little bit dated. I want to give you a heads up on another church planting webinar that we are running in April. The topic is going to be your choice. I'll put a survey up, whatever you choose, that's what Fitch Uh, We'll be riffing on and maybe we'll get Hugh Halter to join us again. If you haven't heard about the Church Planting Institute, it's run out of Northern Seminary. And our vision is that we are resourcing church planters, encouraging planters, helping them find each other to plant churches together and give the resources for planting congregations in a post-Christendom context. Okay. Friends...
1: Mike Moore it's Theology on Mission podcast where theology meets the questions of culture engaging the culture for Christ in his mission it's good I love when you turn that music on do you ever
0: drive home and just listen to this music
1: no hmm. um I would if I knew where to find it <laughs> I, can <laughs> send,
0: I can send you a copy of it <laughs> <laughs>
1: i don't think if whole I, I think i think uh Holesclaw, the original founder of this music kept hiding it from me yeah. <laughs> uh because uh he thought he could get me to come back and do a podcast if i promised if he promised to play the music have you been on his podcast um he, i think i have He has a podcast right uh he does yeah. and he has a blog and uh Holesclaw, yep. uh we're gonna give you a free shout out out there it's great yeah um yeah, we would I, we,
0: we would promote your podcast but and I'm not I'm not trying to be mean but I really don't remember the name of it. Do you, uh, I'm
1: not trying to be mean okay. but all 3 added listeners might not mean a whole big thing to a <laughs> oh whole class. You're such a big <laughs> shot now, you know?
0: Uh we miss you, Jeff.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, what do you think of uh, did you get to watch the inauguration celebration with all some I of that did. great music? Oh. Um
0: do you think Jennifer Lopez was lip-singing? my 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 wife and I had this argument last night she's like she's definitely lip singing and I'm like I, I don't know if she is I don't think Lady Gaga was
1: let me tell you Lady Gaga blew the lights out yeah, on the was uh, national anthem that woman can sing
0: some pipes was man awesome. I and did a, watch it did you a, watch it and of course
1: <laughs> uh, I'm, this is going to show my stripes but Aunt mm-hmm. Clemens and uh, what's his name Um uh, Aunt Clemens and the uh Justin Timberlake. Oh yes, 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 yes. Very pop. Yes. But boy did I dig it. I yeah. loved it. My son thinks it's terrible because if it's not but if it's not uh what, goohoo dolls or something. If it's not <laughs> if it's not heavy metal, uh, forget <laughs> it. Uh but I loved it, folks. Uh, that's
0: good. It. It, it, and the young woman, uh the the no uh not Nobel, uh the poet laureate yes. the young woman. That was incredible. That was. Um yeah. I didn't
1: get to watch all of it. I was working. Of course, during the day. Yes. The, likewise,
0: which is why I can't remember anybody's names cuz I was multitasking.
1: But folks, uh yeah, uh it's just it's just good. All I want to say is it's just good to be on the other side, but we're going to leave that for now. Yes. Okay? Uh we can only handle politics and the issues of uh, post-Trump administration yeah. so many times in 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 one podcast. <laughs> So uh today the subject matter is do you wanna do you wanna mm-hmm. introduce the subject matter?
0: The COVID nineteen Great Reset of the Church.
1: Yes. Don't you like that title? Uh-huh. Yeah, I like that. The Great Reset the Great of the Church. Resets. Yeah, and um I, I think Christian leaders everywhere are are frankly worried. They are scared. You know, uh, we've been doing church on Zoom or some other broadcast platform for months and months and months, and interest is now waning.
0: Yeah, you want to you want to hear this Barna data?
1: Oh yeah. This
0: is uh, I don't know when this was published. Well, it was in 2020. Um, they asked uh, people what their participation with online church has been. 35 um, percent of people said they are they are still attending church. 14% said they've changed churches, and 32% says said they have stopped attending church during COVID.
1: And does that mean stopped attending church permanently?
0: That's what I interpret it as, yeah. Stopped attending church during COVID.
1: Yeah, so um, this is quite scary if your whole... A uh, sense of accomplishment uh, and it has been kind of driven by Sunday morning church service attendance, or yeah, discipleship seminars, or even children's programs. Yeah,
0: because you're possibly losing thirty to forty-five percent
1: of those people. Yeah, potentially. And think about the hit to your ego if you're a pastor.
0: Oh, I was thinking about the the hit to the wallet.
1: And the ego. Well, a wallet and the ego are related. <laughs> <laughs> they meet, <laughs> and and uh, I'm just saying, dudes and dudesses everywhere. Uh, what a lot of us are asking: What is church going to look like after COVID? Yeah, over? man. <clears throat> and I'd like to. Uh, I'm having trouble breathing with my hyped-up mask. By the way,
0: you wanna you wanna move back? No, we got five and a half feet.
1: Uh, no, uh, I feel like we're doing good, okay. and I'm sticking with it. But if I breathe like that, please understand that's what's going. <laughs> it's if good. I cough it's... like that, well, that's COVID. Okay, no, we shouldn't <laughs> be joking about this because we're still you got a mask on in a massive uh, health crisis. But anyways, we're left in COVID nineteen for many of us who are leaders in churches. We're left asking, you know, will there be any church after COVID nineteen is over? Uh, what is I think a better question is what is God doing here with our churches during COVID-19? Mm-hmm. And let's just put it out there. What, what if churches come back with lower numbers? Um, what does that mean? Um, I want to propose uh, something I've talked about. I, actually, uh, Jim Pace, if you're listening out there, a member of the doctoral program of Northern Seminary, contextual theology we were talking about this and uh i I decided to work a little more on it Uh, this idea that uh increase density uh decrease numbers Hmm. is an approach an actual approach to church growth believe it or not decreasing numbers can be a positive for church growth how can this be yes what do you think
0: yeah, I, uh, I, I have questions, but i I got to wait till you unpack it. All right,
1: well, well, even previous to, to COVID-19, I, I was always advocating, and this was mainly to large megachurches, that if they increase the density of people who are committed to kingdom living, to living under the lordship of Christ and discerning God's work in their life and around them in their neighborhood— If they increase the density of committed Christians like that and, in fact, decrease the numbers because that's inevitable, that's a net plus Hmm. for an outbreak of the kingdom and long-term impact and transformation and eventual church growth. Hmm. So we know that if you kind of directly challenge a congregation, especially a large megachurch congregation, to follow Jesus intentionally, uh, make space to be with others, listen to people, pray with people, enjoy the fellowship of being with other people who are not like you, discern the presence of Christ, uh, be free to help and give and share your money with others. You'll lose a few attendees, mm-hmm. but the, I, I want to contend the new social dynamics that you'll open up, uh, that'll open space for the Spirit of God to be at work. Will transform those people's lives and amaze onlookers, and you'll see hmm. uh, eventual witness in church growth over the longer term. Yeah, okay. That's my hypothesis. Increased density, uh-huh. decrease numbers. Okay. Now, are you with me, Mike Moore? Are you with me?
0: Yeah, I, uh, my question is density is pretty relative. You know, five people might not be a lot of people, but if you have them in a small space, it's very dense. Yes. So, so when you're saying increased density, what is like the space, the context that you're talking about increasing density?
1: Yes, that's a really good question, and part of me doesn't want to answer it.
0: Okay, because you're cause you're gonna answer it later. No. Oh, bummer.
1: Uh, part of me doesn't want to put an actual number or.
0: Okay.
1: Um, uh, I'm actually, uh, <laughs> you know, it's. I think it's conceivable that if you had like a hundred thousand. Korean congregation. Mm-hmm. I think there are some that large in South Korea. Yep. If you got down to five thousand, you might be surprised at what the impact would be, hmm. uh, and how that might work. I don't really ima- can't really imagine it right. because the five thousand people congregations in the United States, I think, have the characteristics of a consumer-driven seeker service that we're so used sure. to. Yeah. Okay. So so let me let me just flesh that out for a little bit. I think, um, you know, for the most part, uh, we have had, uh, a Christianity that delivers goods and services to already existing Christians in a convenient way that allows them to come to one central place Mm -hmm. and get what they need and then go back home and get busy with their already busy and self-determined lives. This has a way of working against any kind of disruption by the Holy Spirit to work. However, when we break things down, let's say into smaller groups, like like okay, I said earlier, I don't want to narrow the numbers, but let's yeah, just just say, an example, uh, small groups of ten, like in mm-hmm. Illinois, it's got to be ten or under, and small groups of ten meeting around a table or via Zoom, and engaging each other's lives and praying for one another and listening to the Scripture, etc. I contend that's going to create a social dynamic, a social space, a space between people mm-hmm. where the Holy Spirit can work to do things like, ooh, I need to reconcile with someone. Mm. Ooh, I need to follow Jesus in, in faith and and engage this issue in my community and offer my life, my services, even my money. Ooh, I need to go and be with this group of people, and spend time and listen to what God's doing, Mm. the poor among us. And I believe out of those things, Jesus uh, is able to be present in ways he couldn't when everybody was rushing into a Sunday morning service, listening, getting a good show, getting challenged, getting some helps on how to be a better Christian, and then rushing back out and going home and getting busy all over again. That social dynamic, I believe, can actually create places where people are going to get healed, mm-hmm. families are going to get reconciled, people uh, in, are going to come to grips with the racism uh, that they are not only personally culpable in but are complicit in, but the systems that that are running our town or, or village or school system or, what, or tax system or whatever. And I, I think those kind of things will happen, believe it or not, from the small group thing, mm. not the big congregation that meets for an hour and a half to yeah. get something to help them hmm. pursue their already existing self-determined lives. I got you. Okay. That's the increased density approach. Start small. What do you think? Yeah. Now, have you observed... I can see it. Have you observed the increased density approach? I have. Um,
0: I'm thinking about a, a real fruitful moment of ministry five, six years ago when for various reasons we weren't able to meet in our space so we had to meet in homes and you know you you get 20 people into a home and it just feels feels different than if you have 20 people
1: you could say it feels dense it
0: feels very dense but there's like a certain like palpable kind of energy Um, but but not just that I think it opened up space for vulnerability and participation that wasn't opened up previously and it and I look back at that as being like a real catalyst for for that church plan. I actually kind of miss it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's the one moment I can think of real vividly.
1: Yeah. Uh, of course, we've seen, uh, like, like it seems, whenever you preach or challenge a group of people towards faithfulness, and you do it in a way which is not postured as demagogic or over mm-hmm. people, um, but you really allow the spirit to work. Uh, there will be people that will say, uh, I'm not ready for this, or I can't handle this. Uh, it reminds me of when Jesus uh, challenged people to, he said, if you can't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't receive the kingdom. and and the disciples said, "That's well, too weird for me. I'm out of here." <laughs> that's in John six, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I think that's kind of the dynamic that's happening. But yeah. um, but by that I mean, you know, like when Greg Boyd preached uh, his his critique, the Christian nation myth of the yeah. Christian nation, about uh, two fifths of his congregation left. Mm-hmm. I, I know of other situations. When, but but often in megachurches the buildings and the butts and the seats and the machinery and the staffing and the payrolls are so huge mm-hmm. that no one can care care dare do this and yeah. uh, so what do you know no one does do it but now it's kind of forced on mm-hmm. us right <laughs> what I'm saying you got is, reason to do it now yeah what I'm saying is you just got your your best reason to yeah. Yeah. Uh, pursue yeah. something different here right yeah. Yeah, this is the opportunity to innovate. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, increased density, uh, decrease numbers. Now, uh, I just wanted to make a few comments about, you know, the way this works. Um, I don't think it's... Uh, well, I've already mentioned about how the consumer religious goods and services fit into our already self-determining lives thing happens and how that kind of counteracts... Uh, God working and providing spaces for God to work by his Holy Spirit and disrupt people and transform people. Uh, But I I just want to say that this is the nature of who our God is. Um, God is love. God is not coercive. He is faithful. He will pursue. He works through his presence. But he never... like gets in a bulldozer and bulldozes the door down and says, hey, come on, do what I tell you to do. Or he's just not that kind of God. He's a faithful, present God, open and ready when we're willing. And the problem is we're so busy and we're so uh, regimented and we have our own self-determined lives that we can't allow this amazing God to do things. Often, you know, we don't get closer to God until a tragedy happens and our lives are disrupted. Yeah. Uh, that that creates space, and COVID-19 is like that kind of disruption. Hmm. And And the other thing is um, that God has revealed uh, between, in social spaces between people. Like, this is where reconciliation happens. Believe it or not, healing happens by us praying physically for somebody in the same room. Mm-hmm. Um, finances are dealt with, uh, racism, like we were talking in another podcast, we unravel it and, oh my goodness, I can't believe I see this in my own soul, yeah, yeah. but that's not going to happen watching Fox News or for that matter, CNN. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen by being in the close contact with, uh, people talking and, and, you know, it doesn't have to be closer than six feet or with a mask on, but it, these we're all driven to be in small social spaces now, and these are the spaces where God can manifest his His power and his presence. So I think we're really going to see a witness come forth. If we, if we pastors can get out of our fear and out of our just trying to survive, and I understand it, by the way, uh, we're all in survival mode. By the way, there are just some days when... <laughs> Uh, nobody feels like doing anything <laughs> and we're depressed and, mm-hmm. and it's getting to us. Take some time, take two or three days. Don't, don't, uh, think that I'm not saying it's all right not to grieve and, and also not to deal with your emotion. We're all going through it. Um, but I think if we can just persevere, make those phone calls, get groups together, Keep talking about what God is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, deal with our neighbors who are hurting up and down the block. Uh, seed the seeds of revolution uh, between pastors and elders and leaders and house groups. Mm-hmm. I think God is ready to do something new. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Have you, see, have you seen this
0: happen with your church at all over the last eight months? Have you seen like oh. the, the fact that you guys are becoming a little more dense in your meetings? I, I've seen a
1: change. I don't want to answer that uh, for the whole church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to say that between uh, apathy, depression, and everything else going on with me and everybody else, uh, we keep persisting on meeting together mm-hmm. in small groups. And in my small group, I feel like something's happened. And in my neighborhood, I feel like something's happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like uh, my, my relations with at least a half a dozen neighbors is yeah, changing.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about neighbors too. Yeah, yeah. For sure.
1: And, uh, Oh, so, and there, so, so we're actually planning a few things. Uh, once the COVID thing we're, we're now in, uh, almost February and, uh, who knows what this summer is going to bring, but we're planning, uh, to do a few things like gathering people together to, uh, to give thanks to all the workers, the health workers, and frontline people who have sustained us through these la- this last year, mm-hmm. cool. we're planning on celebrating. That we're coming out, we're going to grieve the people we've lost uh, yeah. through yeah. death to COVID, and we're we're just gonna we're, we're we're seeding the seeds for for God to do these things. Uh, but right now, uh, you know, in the words of a famous pastor who had worked for 10 years, and and, and he said, Dave, if you had been here. You think nothing is happening, but keep plugging along. The Mm -hmm. seeds are being seeded. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So um, you're asking me if I've seen this happen anywhere else. Um, Have you seen the increased density, lower numbers work anywhere else? I mean, uh, I'm talking the last mm, 2,000 years. (laughs) Have you ever seen it work? Can you think of any good examples? Increased density. Uh,
0: I think of uh, Pentecost. Um, I think of Jesus' disciples. I think of the early church. I think of that book, The uh, Patient Firmament
1: of, of the, the Early, early church, church, church. by Alan Kreider. Uh-huh. Hey, let's just stop there for okay. one second. I, had <laughs> I was going to get there eventually. Because I had a great tweet mm-hmm. about what you just said this past week. Okay. If I do say so myself, yeah. I'm quite a proud tweetster. Tell me. Um I was preaching last Sunday for Life on the Vine, mm-hmm. and uh, I said uh, it was the text was out of the lectionary on the calling of the twelve. And I said, right. uh, here we are in the middle of Israel uh, being under foreign oppression empire. There were a lot of people who are accommodating themselves to that empire. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of zealots who were trying to overthrow it. Right. There were a lot, by far the most group was in Malays. And and in depression, and is Jesus is God ever going to talk again? And Jesus doesn't run for president of Israel. Mm-hmm. He doesn't try to overthrow the empire. He calls out twelve, mm-hmm. a small group, to start the revolution. Mm-hmm. That's the principle of increased density, That's good. decreased numbers.
0: Yes, yes.
1: By the way, we all know. Uh, after the Dark Ages, the fall of the Roman Empire, Europe, the mm-hmm. Irish, the monast- the monastic uh, movement. Yeah, yeah. A guy named Tom Cahill who said how the Irish saved civilization. Yes. He wrote all about it. Uh, a renewal and a revival of God's work through small, dense communities. Hmm. I got another one for you. Keep, keep them coming. Uh, the, uh, the Methodist Society meetings and the holiness groups in general. Uh-huh. Uh, pre-Civil War. Hmm. They were the foundation for the abolitionists, for the women's suffrage movement, even for the uh, teetotaler uh, movement, for hmm. the uh, to get-rid-of-alcoholism yeah, movement. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think maybe you should be uh, <laughs> in that movement. But anyways, uh, I'm talking about teetotaler movement. Uh, but, um, yeah, so uh, if you read the book by Don Dayton, uh, Discovering an Evangelical Heritage... Yeah, Don Dayton, yeah. Uh, You'll, you'll see that there were these small groups, once again, that started a revolution that broke the chains on so much of the social evils yeah, that were going yeah. on that day.
0: That's good. One more? You got you got one more in you? I got
1: one more. Okay. Uh, Charles Marsh, Beloved Community. Yes. Uh, the SNCC Group, Student Nonviolent Coordinating mm-hmm. Committees in Jim Crow South, post-World War II, 1950s. They were prayer meetings of black persons and white persons together Mm -hmm. sharing meals and praying and they literally disrupted the crap out of Jim Crow Mm -hmm. and all of the uh, Jim Crow orthodoxies all the Jim Crow rules and people got so upset and that formed the basis for the civil rights movement yeah it's good See, God always works through uh, a remnant. By the Mm -hmm. way, remnant in the Old Testament, what did God always do? Increase density, decrease numbers. Mm. He pulled out a remnant. Israel's falling apart. Israel's disobeying, falling into idolatries, et cetera, malaise, and he calls out a remnant. I believe, Mike Moore, I'm getting a little preachy now. (laughs) I believe God is calling a remnant out of COVID-19 to start and seed a rebirth and a renewal of the church because we know the failure of the church is too hideous to even look at right now yes. in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. This is also
0: how you talk about church planting, right? Yeah. You start small with a seed. You don't put up a sign and just try to get as many people to descend on the building as possible, but you start small with a remnant who are on mission together.
1: Yeah, so in closing our podcast, Mike Moore, can you say something of encouragement to every pastor out there who is either depressed or in a malaise hmm. or uh, just going, I can't do this anymore. You know, I've been doing this for nine months. This is killing yeah, me. Have you got a word yeah, of encouragement? That's
0: tiring. That's exhausting. Um, I always come back to... Um, th- this is something that one of my older pastor friends always tells me w- w- whenever we're kind of lamenting the church or lamenting work, he always just tells me, uh, the church endures, um, because God endures. Um, the church always persists because God always persists. Uh, and I guess I've always held on to that cause it helps kind of put me in the, the right perspective for my place in God's mission that I am exhausted and I can oftentimes feel tired. And I think discouragement is probably the greatest tool of the enemy in ministry. Um, the church will continue to endure because cause God's mission endures.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, folks, let's admit it. Um, I would say one day, and this is maybe good, say one in five, I'm walking around in a depression mm-hmm. going, oh, I am so not into this. A deep malaise. And it is comforting to know uh, one phone call, one, uh, group meeting. Uh, it's amazing. The impact those little meetings are having more impact than if you had 5,000 meeting in a stadium on a Sunday morning, because those people are being called in to something new Mm -hmm. as opposed to just perpetrating, uh, not perpetuating, sorry, Mm -hmm. perpetuating what's already going on. And that's the stage we're in. And by the way, that's what we need in this country, in in this continent. Uh, we don't need a uh, perpetuating uh, more of the same of what we had prior to COVID-19. It was falling apart, folks. Mm-hmm. It was falling apart in every which way, imaginable. I'm not just talking about the Trump alignment of the evangelical white church. Mm-hmm. I am talking about pathetic failures of moral failures of key leaders, on and on and on, and we need something new. And you, every pastor that's sitting Uh, with a phone and a a meeting schedule Mm -hmm. and an agenda and trying to keep your church together, know that the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to use every face-to-face or phone call-to-phone call meeting to seed what is coming at the other side of Mm COVID-19.
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen? Yes, amen. Amen. (laughs) You got any announcements? Anything you want to add? Anything coming up?
1: Well, I think by the time this podcast hits, uh, our our uh, yeah. church planting webinar will be over. But we're going to yeah. do them again and again. We're going to do about four or five of them this year. Nice. As we're collecting a new way to do church planting, we're collecting people who are already doing it, frankly. A lot of them are doing it in extraordinary ways. And uh, yeah, we're just going to we'll, flesh we'll out the a... ideas and stuff. So
0: Yeah. If... Uh... If you don't know what Dave's talking about, go on our Facebook page or Northern Seminary's Facebook page, and you'll see a recording of that webinar that we did this past weekend with Fitch and with Hugh Halter.
1: Yeah. Oh, so... Anyways, folks, it's always good to be with you. We hope you put a review on... Please, please. I know I say this every time. Hoseclaw actually taught me how to do this. okay. Uh, But put a review because it helps spread the word about Theology on Mission podcast. Send it to somebody on your Facebook link or your Twitter feed or whatever else you use, Snapchat, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But uh, spread the word as... uh, we want to increase the scope of the conversation and hear back from you. So we look forward to another yeah. great year of 2021, podcasting Theology and Mission, where the issues of culture meet theology or something like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, actually, I've been trying to read our, our thing, and it's kind of twisted. Theology
0: on Mission, where theology meets mission, the questions of engaging our culture for Christ And his kingdom.
1: Amen. That's what we do on this podcast. We hope (laughs) you'll join us again and bring your friends. Till then, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mike Moore and Dave Fitch signing over and out. We'll see you next time.